Welcome back to the Mailin Podcast. First time in uh, a couple weeks here. Feeling good, feeling ready to be back after the holiday break and maybe a little ski break too. I am your host, Brett Merriman. To my right, the lovely, the one and only, Sally DeFreeze. Sally, happy new year. Let me be the last to say Yeah, you that. have to be the last to say it. Yeah, 11 days in. Because what Larry David said, you can't say it after January 7th. Is that what it is? It might be January 4th. I think it's January 7th, though. I think you get a week. Yeah, either way, I, I totally agree with him. Um, we just haven't seen each other. Last week, yes, that's correct. Last week, I was the... Wait, I guess, yeah, last week was my uh, emails were Happy New Year. And then this week is, no, we're, we're done. We're done with that. We're but that's, that's okay. I'm not going to get super bent out of shape about Happy New Year wishes. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, how are you? Were you affected by the ground stop that's af- affecting the entire nation today? FAA ground stop? No, I saw that, though. Did that. Tough couple weeks for, for airlines. There's a I question in here specifically. Yeah. Later. <laughs> What's going on, Sal? How are you? Uh, I mean, I'm great. I woke up last night after going to sleep at like a solid 9 o'clock. It was wow. great. Wow, good for you. And I think the issue is that I've been going to sleep too early. Mm. So now I like wake up in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. And then just am wide awake. Wired. And I was trying to go back to sleep, but I was like almost hallucinating. You know, when you're like at the edge of sleep, you know, mm. like I could tell I was right there, but I was like dreaming really weird shit. But yeah. I was like awake enough to be lucid to know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so then that kept me up because I was like, why am I dreaming about this? Interesting. So I'm a, I'm a, Smidge tired, have not had coffee this morning. Okay. Are you on? Randy's doing a caffeine cleanse. Are you aware of this? I am aware of it. I think that's awesome, Randy. I probably need to do a caffeine cleanse as well. He lasted a day and then he went and got caffeine yesterday. Oh, okay. A little, a small amount. Did you not? Oh, I thought I thought thought you were doing it just this week. No. So yesterday was the first crack in your armor. You know what? But we. We need to not think of New Year's resolutions as an all-or-nothing situation. You're just, like, making yourself better. hmm And you don't have to always start it on the first, whatever, all of that other mumbo-jumbo. But I think that there's this, like, very much everyone thinks that their whole life is going to change on January 1 or 2, depending on when you start. And if you break, at least you were, like, moving towards something. Sure. You know? Did you have any any uh, resolutions that you plan on bettering yourself with? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're currently partaking in dry January. Oh boy! But I already know that I'm breaking it on Friday. So okay, you know what? To, Dryish. Dry. Take a dry week here and there. Yeah. Reset the old in, internal uh, clock. I don't hate that. I'll I'll take a dry week at the end of January. Yeah. Maybe maybe one in March. Maybe like one a quarter. I'll just be like dry week. Just dry one week. <laughs> just. And probably just dry weekdays. Yeah. That works. Anyway, we're the Mailin Podcast. Uh, we do our best to answer your questions. Get a laugh. Uh, maybe walk away with something useful. A lot of good questions today. Liked our, liked our rundown. We got going. Mm-hmm. How can you help us out? Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or... You can write it at the link in the Twitter bio. Oh, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna give Randy some work. Or you can go right here to subscribe. <laughs> uh, hit up the new store, washmedia.shop, 
or hit up the new YouTube to watch us in person, well, kind of in person, on your on your computer, youtube.com slash podcast. Sally, are you ready? Let's do it. Here we go. Hello, Mail-In Crew. Hello. Uh, to be honest, my new year has started off pretty rocky. I spent New Year's Eve with my boyfriend and his high school friends at a ski lodge party. It was a pretty chill sitch. We had a really fun night. But fast forward to New Year's Day at my boyfriend and I's house. Towards the end of the day, my boyfriend starts being very odd and very cold towards me. and keeps asking me, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's anything I'm not telling him. I'm confused and assure him there isn't. The next day, he leaves for a trip, and he's still questioning me over text if I'm doing something behind his back. This turns to a, uh, a pretty nasty fight because at this point, I'm confused, I'm hurt, and I'm frustrated. After a few days of not speaking to him, he admits to me his high school friends were saying in their group chat that after uh, my boyfriend went to bed on New Year's Eve, I was hanging out on the pullout couch with one of his friends. In reality, I was in bed next to my passed out boyfriend eating ramen. This was all just a joke that my boyfriend took too far. Am I in the wrong for also being upset with his friends for making me the butt of their, quote, joke? Okay, I have to clarify something really fast. Sure. The boyfriend... No, knew it was a joke and was pissed at her, or he found out later that it was a joke? I believe he found out later that it was a joke, or they were just kidding. Like, okay. oh, hey, like Sarah was on the couch with Jimmy mm-hmm. after you went to bed. Yeah. And like that was the message that was in the group text. And I'm sure people were like, ah, ha, 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 yeah, totally. And then, and then he got upset. He got they upset. Got in a fight. He goes on a trip, finds out it wasn't real. Yes. Okay. But still has turned into a, a legit fight. Okay. Uh, this sucks. There's no other way to put that. That that sucks. Because one, she didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Two, if, you know, I mean, if someone tells you something like that, like your your girlfriend was hanging out with your friend on the couch, like you would just assume that they were being truthful right like it's a very weird like why why would you without seeing like the the receipts of the text here like you don't have a reason to not trust your friends you also don't have a reason to not trust your girlfriend but i also think that in this case the boyfriend handled it pretty poorly like if he is going to give her the cold shoulder be upset etc he needs to like say why which he clearly did not do for a long time correct that's the that's the biggest egregious thing here is like if you uh, even if you even have a question or if it even really happened why don't you just ask her right or like come out and be like hey i got this weird text last night like was what is this and she'll be like what are you talking about i was in bed next to you case closed right uh it's only gonna like sow seeds of like doubt and mistrust between them especially if they don't like right now have a full-blown conversation about it mm-hmm. in the following manner one she says that never happened. I hope that you trust me. You know, you should trust me more than anyone else. Why would I lie to you about that? Mm-hmm. Two, I kind of want to see what happened and which friend instigated this so we can confront him directly. Because personally, if someone calls out my integrity, I'm like, 
we're going to get to the bottom of it, even if it was a joke. And hopefully that's all like cleared the air now. Whatever guy put it in the text has said like, oh, that was a joke. Sarah and Jimmy weren't actually hanging out on the couch. Maybe that's it. But if if there's still some like lingering doubt there, then you call out like Sam who said it and you're like, we need to have a conversation mm-hmm. with my boyfriend present. And you're going to say that you lied and then you're not going to do it again, which I think a lot of people probably are listening to me right now and being like, that's really hard ass and dumb. But this guy basically put your relationship on the line at his amusement. Right. It, which there's never any reason to do that. Right. And then to me, that clears up a lot of stuff like, did they come out and say it was a joke, but the boyfriend was still pissed days later? Or did it take like a week of cajoling for them to say, oh, that was actually a joke? Like that clears up a lot of the misunderstanding. And then once that's done, you tell the boyfriend like, that really hurt my feelings. I don't appreciate the way that your friends acted. I I completely understand where you're coming from and the fact that you think that I was hanging out with your friend doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And that you would be upset by that. But I think in the future, like communication is better. We always say that. Come to me next time. Mm-hmm. Like you should know that I would never do that. I think that clears the whole matter of sins. But all of this to say, I don't know how old these people are. I don't know how long they've been dating, et cetera. This is just kind of immature, dumb behavior by yeah. his friends. True, and need to know if this is an isolated incident or we we rock in one of these like every quarter. Right, like if are the friends shitty? Yeah. Um, or is the boyfriend like a who are you with guy? Yeah, the, there's a couple red flags to me that I don't think should fully be ignored. Like, is this innocent in itself mostly? Mm-hmm. But if this is like his friends suck, or maybe he's just insanely jealous and they like made a joke knowing that he's jealous and then he took it so far. That's that's kind of where I'm worried about here. Yeah. Because they like they know this would tick him off. Right. And so that's why they did it. And I think I mean I guess even it would take anybody you off, but clear the air of everything. Do you always have that in the back of your mind that this happened? You know? And like, is he gonna trust you? Like clearly he like didn't right (laughs) which is you know she was trying to put the impetus on you to say something which is like that's why i'm kind of the more i look into this is the more i'm like wait a second are we are we okay here yeah like are we good on a trust level because this doesn't this doesn't feel like a an isolated thing right so i think after they have a conversation if it's like that was really dumb we need to move past that. There's tons of times when I'm in a fight with Will where I'm like, I can't believe we fought about that. That was stupid. Mm-hmm. Let's move on and agree to try to be better about communicating with each other. But then there's other times where you're like, this is a legit issue that we need to discuss other things that are like underlying resentments mm-hmm. that need to be said. Totally. So, I mean, only this girl can be the judge of what that is with the very little context we're given. But you know, this could be the catalyst for an eventual breakup or it could just be like a blip and you move on. But you have to decide where you are on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Agreed. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. To to just succinctly answer the question, no, you're not wrong with being upset with the friends, but also let's get to the uh, get to the bottom of this communication issue as well with your significant other. Right. Want to hear from our friends at Roan, Sally? Yes. 
Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man, and here is why. There's a product for every occasion. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with a commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, world's most comfortable dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. Um, looking good is easy, by the way, Sally. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. Roan's wrinkle release technology. Wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. And with Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable. So you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I was wearing my Roan yesterday, Sally. Randy, I, I turned your mic up. Can you speak to my, my Roan shirt I was wearing yesterday? You were looking quite, quite swelt. Svelte? Svelte. I I it was looking good. Svelte, I'll take. I'll also take Svelte. Svelte um, and Svelte. Okay. It is a white button down. I also have their pants that are insanely comfortable, and I've golfed in them, and I've worn them to a bar, and both have performed extremely well. Um, the shirt, though, Sally, I have a new favorite dress shirt that can be worn to work, that can be worn to a wedding if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. It is the perfect summer in Austin dress shirt. Light as can be. Felt like I was floating wearing this thing. And it looked incredible. White is, is a good color for me because it makes me look tan when I don't have much, uh, don't have much tan going on yeah. normally. Um, so this, this thing just immediately jumped to the top of my list. I wish I was wearing it today. It was a dumb move of me, but. It is just an absolutely fantastic shirt, and you should go check them out. Uh, the, the commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash mail and use the promo code mail to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash mail and use promo code M-A-I-L. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Next one? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, Brett and Sally. So to keep things short, my maid of honor has been zero help in planning my bachelorette trip. So should I just do it all myself, Sally? Uh, yes. As somebody who is maybe planning a bachelorette trip? Me? For, your, for yourself? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no. I... <laughs> I kind of am like, okay, you, I don't know how to word this correctly. I think that there's an expect, there's obviously the expectation that the maid of honor does it. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know what the situation is, but again, a lot of times when people have a bachelorette party and they don't want to be fully surprised, they're going to be part of the planning anyway. I don't think it's going to look bad if you plan it yourself. If you mm -hmm. feel offended that the maid of honor is not planning it, you could ask her why, or you could ask a different bridesmaids pick up the slack to pick up the slack and plan mm -hmm. it or ask for help. But at the same time, I think there's this phenomenon where when you're younger, it's like the birthday thing. You like want someone else to plan your birthday. Because you want to feel special, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, I oh, get everyone that. cares about my birthday. Yeah. No one cares about your birthday. <laughs> 
Like, no offense. Like, no one cares about your birthday. And it is it is a fun excuse to get together. But right. the actual birthday itself but, is but that not. like people don't have time out of their lives to be like, I gotta plan all these different parties for people. It's a really nice gesture. And there are some friends who are really good at that. But the older mm -hmm. I've gotten, the more I've been like, if I want to do something for my birthday, I'm gonna invite everyone to a dinner. Maybe like we have a group text of girls in Austin, a core group that will text me like, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday coming up. Y'all want to do something and like let them choose. But if I'm like, I want a dinner, I want a party, I want this, then I'm like, I am going to be the one to choose mm -hmm. to pick it. I think in a similar but not the same sense, bachelor, bachelorette parties, things like that kind of take that tone because you're like, I'm the bride. I don't need to planet like i want to be surprised but at the same time like people have other shit going on in their lives yes you ask this person to be your maid of honor yes you asked for help but like i think somewhere along the way in the past like 15 years when weddings got insane we like were under this assumption that like the bride is gonna like be like a gleaming beacon of white light and she's just gonna like sit there in the pure like pedestal that she's on and everyone's gonna mm -hmm. like run around around her that's how like society has like made it happen that we like put brides up on this pedestal and then all the rest of us who are part of the wedding like have to be her little maid servants mm -hmm. that sounds really harsh no it it, it it's it's sort of like this the self like the machine feeds itself because right. then when that bridesmaid becomes the bride, she wants the same Correct. thing. Correct. Because you probably, this girl probably worked her ass off as someone else's maid of honor mm -hmm. and was like, I would assume that someone was going to do this for me. I don't think, I, I get it, but we also have to learn how to like not be so upset when people don't have the same, they're not the same stakeholders in our lives that we are. Mm -hmm. You are the most important person in your own life. You know, like you care about you. Very few people care about you as much as you care about you. So I think it's appropriate to ask for help or to, it's absolutely totally fine to plan it by yourself. No one's going to mm -hmm. be like, she planned her own bachelorette party. No one's going to say that. And for people like me who are like type A and want to be involved, I very much would be like, I would plan my own. Uh, Sally, I whenever that day comes for me, I I am planning right. my own bachelor party. Uh, but if you are kind of in the vein of like, I wish she would help. I think you it's you're valid in saying something like, "Hey, totally happy to help," or like would love your input. I want to make sure everyone has a fun time, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if that's not working, you can go to the next person that's also a close friend and be like, "Would you help me plan this?" Like, yeah, so and so is not really like interested in planning and i don't know what she's got going on but would you mind helping i've done that i have planned people's bachelorette parties not as the maid of honor sure plenty you're of good at it and i i think there are some people who are not good at it and some people who don't want to do it and you never know what is going on in someone's life unless you ask them so if you are offended by it ask and then ask someone else for help if not plan it by yourself who cares i have that problem my eventual co-best men Huge shouts to Matt and Dan. We, if I let them plan my entire bachelor, we'd end up in like a peyote den outside of Cabo. And yeah, while that's fun for some people, I, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to do that personally. Maybe Randy can do that at my bachelor party. Randy says no. Um, yeah, I think it's it's no problem to to plan it yourself. 
if you need help, ask. Maybe you don't ask the maid of honor. I just I think it's it's more important to have like if you want a very itemized bachelorette party or um you know party favors if you want if you want it to look a certain way or feel a certain way or be at a certain place and do certain things take it take it yourself if you're a little more low key like ah oh, whatever we'll go to one you know like Austin for example i just want to do it there and then whatever happens happens there's a little more hands off on the bachelorette party but i think it's just up to you and i think doing it yourself is not a problem just make sure you're not look don't don't stress yourself out over it it's supposed to be you know it, quote the most fun weekend of your life right so right don't stress about it the the best part about any bachelor or bachelorette party is getting you know getting your favorite people in one spot and hanging out with them yeah regardless of how many party favors or steak dinners or pools you hit like it's it's a it's more about the people so just get them together and then fun usually happens mm-hmm. next one sal yeah what's up brett and sally i recently heard a statistic that divorce rates are higher among couples who live together before marriage versus those who move in together after they get married I want your thoughts on this, as it has shaken me up a little bit because I recently started living with my significant other of four years, and we are, as of yet, unmarried. Love you. Bye. Uh, okay, I'm literally meant to look this up. The statistic? Yeah. I wonder if this is a, a, like a, a propaganda statistic from people who don't want you to live together before you get married. Like, like the Baptist church, maybe? Something, something like that, yeah. Uh, okay, I don't... I don't know how this would be a correct statistic, personally. I, okay, let me see. Live together. Wow, okay, this is from, (laughs) okay. I don't know if this is true or not. This says. Psychology Today. Mine was, okay. Rosenfeld and Rossler stand by their conclusion that the average increase risk for divorce associated with premarital cohabitation is mostly unchanged over the last 40 years. Okay, I guess there's some study in 2018 <clears throat> that if you was no longer okay, basically if you live together before, there's greater odds of divorce. Yep, I have a one one point three times higher than those who did not cohabitate. Um, I, I don't know what to think of that. I, I personally feel like people who get married need to live together beforehand. I was not in that camp when I was younger. Oh, really? Okay. Because I was very religious. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm happy to say that I'm still very religious and still believe that people should live together before (laughs) marriage. Uh, I think I had a very idealistic viewpoint on how life worked. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when you are going to marry someone and you, there are so many conversations that need to be had beforehand. Um, And living together is not even like a conversation, but more of like a, understanding how the other person lives type yes. thing. I just think it makes for an easier transition. Uh, do you get some of that when someone you're staying at someone's house basically every night, but living in your own place? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know that like, 
I haven't read the study, so I don't know what the factors that they're saying are leading to like cohabitation causing divorce rates to be higher. I think that there is a lot of like sociology things that we could talk about here about why people get divorced and what causes that. Also, what causes people to cohabitate before marriage? Sometimes it's like a money thing. Sometimes right. it's like a you know sometimes it's, it's circumstantial. And then that can, you know, especially in, in younger people, and then they get married, and then it's like, oh, you have a better chance of divorce because you just have longer to be with somebody. Yeah. I personally wouldn't let a statistic like that freak me out about right. getting divorced later in life. Your relationship is going to be as strong as you want to make it, and pillars of a strong relationship to me are communication. Nice. Uh, trust understanding the other person. I mean, for us, I think the biggest thing for Will and I, and we did live together before we got married. Um, not for very long. Um, is that you understand, like, you know, the things that you need to know about someone that mm -hmm. are going to cause some major life rifts. Okay. That's, that's for like early on divorce. I think the people that I know that are getting divorced now or that, could get divorced are arguing about stuff that they didn't know about each other because they got married young or they didn't know each other well enough. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like huge things like kids, uh, whether you want them or not finances, how you choose to spend your money, mm -hmm. how much debt you have, things like that. Uh, your thoughts on religion, your thoughts on politics. And I'm not saying you have to agree on all of those. You just have to have an open dialogue about some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think when people get divorced later on in life, it's because they have realized like they've changed, their goals are different, maybe they have what ifs, things like that. Obviously, this is like my own personal paradigm of divorce and I, who knows what the actual causes are. Mm -hmm. Irreconcilable differences. Right. I think there's also like, there's probably studies out there that are like, I Pretty positive this is correct, but maybe I'm not. That children of divorce are more likely to get divorced. I believe I've also heard that stat, but I'm I am but again, I've never I am seen that study. Pulling that out but of my again, ass. are you as a child of divorce gonna never want to get married? I mean, some people do feel that way. I think sure. some people who watched uh Bad the explosion yeah. of their family unit like mm -hmm. really causes them to be really guarded about stuff. But if we you kind of have to take all of these things with a grain of salt. Like if we – it's the same way of like everything causes cancer. Like are you going to avoid all of these things to like mm -hmm. have success and hopefully not have cancer? And then guess what? The biggest risk factor for cancer is aging. So mm -hmm. you are going to age. You can't avoid that. Uh, it's the same thing for divorce. Like you can control as many variables as you want. But like in the end, if your relationship is headed towards divorce, like – there is another reason that you couldn't control. It's not just cohabitating. It's not just cohabitating. Unless so, you really fucking hate dishes or something like right. that. I personally think I wouldn't worry about that. I think that people who cohabitate before marriage are smart. I think it's good to figure out what the other person's like. Of course. So that you're not in shock when, you know, I mean, maybe somebody, maybe someone's out there like, well, there's no mystery left until then once you get married. And I'm like, Whatever. We're, we're a, a Nicholas Sparks. I don't know who who are the popular book writers these days. Oh. <laughs> we're not a, we're not a novel over here. Yeah, I, don't know, I I I totally agree with you, and I I don't want to 
ever knocked somebody for because there's a lot of reasons to not. You know, there's the religion thing, and there's um, maybe long distance relationship. You don't move in until you're married. Like there's a lot of reasons that people don't do it. But I am a proponent of living together before you're married because you gotta you gotta know. Yeah, but I mean, like, where do you where do you sorry where do you stand on uh, like the two bedroom thing, like the new the new age like. There's like a, a there's like a bedroom that you guys share, but there's also like the guest bedroom is not is no longer the doghouse. It's like a all right, we're gonna like canoodle and then sleep we're gonna separate. Sleep in separate beds. Yeah, I personally cannot imagine that. Mm, okay. Well, it's not like Will and I are like big cuddlers and we're like mm. all over each other in our <laughs> sleep, but I think we're pretty codependent on each other. And mm, like, yeah. I think I would get like kind of sad. Oh, but I also think. I understand why people do it. Like there, mm-hmm. I mean, literally will like, if I accidentally like touch his leg in the middle of the night, he like loses his mind. He's like, why did you touch me? <laughs> you woke me up like things like that. So yeah. maybe having two separate beds would be better for us. But, I, and there's reasons to like, maybe someone snores or maybe mm-hmm. you just can't get comfortable or maybe one of you thrashes and the other person like sleeps like a log. I don't think that's really a problem, but I personally need to be in the same bed. Gotcha. I like having the option, I think. Yeah. If I'm I mean, just the like, oh, I can't, I can't sleep. I need like, to go like, like really. If you need to get a good night's sleep. Out, yeah. Or you're sick or exactly. your partner is snoring or being annoying. Or <laughs> I'm sure there were times when I was pregnant that Will was like, I wish we slept in separate beds. Cause like I was getting up like every two minutes to go oh, pee. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I, there are times where you're like, this would be better. <laughs> yeah. But I we d- haven't ever had that option. We've never had like a guest room. Mm, okay. So. Yeah, I kind of like, I like that idea. I don't know if I'm going to like. Like the queen. I'm pretty sure that's what the queen and king did. Queen Elizabeth and uh, no, I guess Prince Philip didn't sleep. Interesting. I don't even, who knows what let's, let's look into king that Charles more. and Queen Camilla do. But mm. I think that's like a royal thing is that they don't sleep in the same bedroom. Interesting. Is that like a security thing? I've never thought like if, about that. If, if you. Take one out, the other one has to survive. Well, maybe maybe survivor. back in the day when they were both were like technically royals, but like, do you take out Camilla? Does anybody care? Ooh. Like, shots fired. Whoa, whoa! I'm gonna get some royal hatred. Whoa, look out! But you know, what I'm saying like the president. It's not like if you take out the first lady, people are like, Jeez. oh, huge <laughs> national. Stu- I mean, it's it's a big deal. Are we gonna get yes. flagged on that from like? Homeland we're not security. taking out the first lady. No, no one's Nobody's taking out the I'm first just saying, lady. like, it, unless they're both powerful people, I don't think that that's like the reason why. I think it was more of a like actual like, uh, propriety. Mm. Propriety. I'm gonna let you work through this one. Proper. There thing. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin wanted to say proprietary. That's not what I was trying to say. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they were yes. doing it. Yes, it was like the. Yeah. Like, oh, this is proper and prim. And mm-hmm. anyway, you know what is proper and prim in my world right now? I don't I don't know this. Don't sigh, Randy. I, Butcher Box. That was a bad Butcher Box is always in season. Celebrate the new year with delicious, high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door. I got rehooked up, Sally. So did I. Our freezer is like there is no room for other things in our freezer besides the meat. Jam packed. What is your give me your prediction? Your cut of meat. Your 2023 cut of meat is Oh, don't put me on the spot like this. 
Like, what's yours? State tips. Oh, how do I'm you prepare make, those? I want to make more state tips this year. Okay. Um, I don't know how I'm going to prepare them. I think I'm really, I'm getting into more like Asian glazes, like okay. soy, ginger, soy, sesame kind of glazes. So I think sesame and soy glazed steak tips sound r- so good that my mouth is watering. I can't finish this ad read. So we used to do a lot of steaks on the cast iron because we didn't have a grill. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it started, our our new place, our fire alarm is very sensitive so when we do Uh, it the cast iron sets off the fire alarm almost every time i'm going to get a lot of hate for this have you ever made a steak in an air fryer no i haven't they're great really i think that that's going to be my 2023 steak and air fryer situation so you just you what season it and pop it in and yeah pop it out you could do like a reverse sear method like sear it and Mm -hmm. then finish it in the air fryer yes in the same way that. that you would do it's just when we do a full cast iron steak, it gets so smoky now that like mm-hmm. we can't. You can't you unless you have a, like a chef's oven that's really you know that like yeah. sucking the, the our smoke vent up. is not good. Mm-hmm. So I w- we got a lot of steaks from Butcher Box and I'm mm-hmm. very excited to cook them. I have to figure out the best way to do it that I don't <laughs> set off the fire alarm every time I cook. But I well, think I might start using the air fryer, and people come at me. I don't care. Keep us posted on that. Yeah, I will let you know. ButcherBotch takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Are you kidding me? It's bad, bad weekend to be a scallop. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say, Sally. <laughs> it's a terrible weekend to be a scallop. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones. Here's the deal. Get just what you want delivered right to your doorstep. Free shipping in the continental U.S. No surprise fees. You can choose from a variety of box plan options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want. Get the new year bundle for free plus $10 off when you sign up today. That's 14-ounce pork tenderloin, two pounds of ground beef, or excuse me, ground turkey, and four top sirloin steaks free in your first box. That's so much meat for free. Yeah. That's that's a t- that's that's meals upon meals worth of free meat. Correct. Again, 14 ounce pork tenderloin, 2 pounds of ground turkey and 4 top sirloin steaks for free in your first box plus $10 off when you sign up at butcherbox.com/mailin and use code mailin to claim this offer. <clears throat> what a value. I'm going to grill something this weekend, I think. I think I am too. I need Go to take some stuff out of the Hey Brett and Sally. Hope you had a great break for the holidays. Thank you. You too. Uh, after taking a semester victory lap, I finally graduated from a mid-sized state school in the Southeast. Here's the deal. I have two job offers on the table and was hoping that my favorite internet therapists might be able to give an unbiased perspective. Unlicensed internet therapists. Mm-hmm. Both are with civil engineering firms. The first one, Sally. Here we go. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'd be making just a bit north of 100 grand and have good benefits and flexible work from home options. They also laid out a clear career trajectory with lots of upward mobility. Most employees' salaries double within two to three years and are promoted within two years. I don't know anyone there and also have never been to South Dakota. I imagine there's not a ton to do, but the compensation and benefits are great. That's job offer number one. Okay. Behind door number two, Randy. The other option is Denver. 
I'd be making $55,000 at this firm and have worse but still decent benefits. The career growth is fine, but not as clear. I'd probably be making uh, about 70 grand within a couple of years. I also wouldn't know anyone in Denver either, but I'm a pretty outgoing guy and a soft seven, so I think it could probably wrangle up some friends and potentially hit the dating scene and find someone more easily. It's also got the proximity to hit the slopes and get outside more, so I could be showing off my, quote, sick stees. The constants include family, uh, as they're still going to be based in the southeast. At either location means a long flight home when necessary. Also, the fact that I don't know people in either place. Uh, and surprisingly, housing, as I've only been able to find a few options of similar quality and price in both cities. So, what do you think I should do? My parents have pointed out that literally everything about the Sioux Falls offer is better except location, but Denver is just so cool. Sally. I think the answer is pretty clear here. It is door number two. Go to Denver. <sighs> no, it's not. What? Okay, first of all, let me just uh, say this right now. Clearly, this guy wants to go to Denver. Of course. Okay. Uh, he is looking for an ex he wants someone to tell him to go to Denver. Me. <laughs> uh, okay, you argue for Denver and I'll argue for Sioux Falls. Just go. Denver and I am here's my here's my problem. I live there mm -hmm. on uh an intern salary, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the the skiing proximity, the golf courses, the people, the fun, the How long outdoorsy. Ago did you live in Denver? 2014, I was in Denver. Okay, so eight years ago. Eight years ago, yeah. I Sorry, love the nine years ago. I love the growth. I love the like the newness of it. The things like everything feels new and fresh and recreational. And Denver's like built for people to enjoy life no matter how much money you make, which sounds like as a civil engineer, one, you'd be made, I mean, that's kind of like you're, you graduate and you make 55. That's kind of, this day and age, it feels pretty standard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you can make that work, especially with a, an engineer's trajectory on salary. So you don't need to be balling out. You don't need to be, um, living above your means in Denver because a lot of stuff you can do is relatively cheap. You know, bike ride, hike, walk, get a ski pass, and and if you go enough, make that basically. You can ski for twenty five bucks a day if you go twenty times. So, I go Denver because I just think that the social scene, the recreation scene, and the ease of of getting around getting back home denver to you know flies to atlanta on delta like i just think there are more squishy things about denver that make up for the opportunity cost of losing out making 100 grand in sioux falls also i don't know anything about sioux falls i don't know anything about sioux falls uh i'm going to assume i mean look at what's the population of sioux falls doing it right this second sioux falls is 196,000. Okay. That's what I, I was going to guess like two or 300,000. Okay. Uh, here's why you do Sioux Falls. First of all, it's 
the pragmatic choice. And I'm not saying that you always need to be the pragmatist, but there is a time. And I think this opportunity is one of those times that you shouldn't pass up because it's going to open up stuff for you later in life. Here's why I say that. Number one, the salary, I think is a clear winner here for me, at least. I, when you lived in Denver nine years ago, Mm -hmm. things have changed. Inflation is high. Cost of living is high. Likely, the cost of living in Sioux Falls is going to be significantly less than Denver. I would, I would, I would imagine far, far less. Yes. So, you have a really good opportunity to save money mm-hmm. because your rent is going to be cheaper. Probably a lot of the stuff you buy is going to be cheaper. The most expensive thing that's going to be more expensive than Denver is probably going to be flying home. Yep. Uh, from my cursory little glance on a map here does look like you're decently close to Minneapolis. You probably like take a little bump take over a little puddle jumper and then, and then you, yeah. another Delta hub, by the way, uh, shots to MSP. Yeah. Go to Atlanta or wherever you're going in the Southeast. Um, you don't know anybody in either city. Mm-hmm. If you were like all your friends were in Denver and you were like, I need to go take this job and I'm going to be alone, whatever. You're going to be alone in either city. And likely, especially in the first year of work, as you're like kind of getting your bearings, if you've never been a civil engineer before, et cetera, it's not one of those, in my opinion, super social jobs. So you are going to be probably working a decent amount Mm -hmm. and your ability to do recreational activities outside of work might be lower than what you actually think it might be. Because I think when you're right out of college and you join the workforce, at least this is me coming from a nurse, so much of like your life is spent like becoming an adult and going to a nine to five job or in my case, a seven to seven job, uh, like grocery shopping by yourself for the first time. And like, yeah, you did that in college and stuff like that, but fully (laughs) paying bills, doing all the shit with no fallback by yourself. for me, the reason that Sioux Falls is the winner here is because of the growth. So mm-hmm. that this is the thing. You're not married to Sioux Falls. Like use the year or two to get your foot in the door, get it, have a really good experience, maybe get promoted, maybe make double whatever you were your starting salary is. And then in three years, you move to Denver or wherever else you want to go. You have gotten paid that much already, so you can demand that because you have experience and you're not just starting out and you have money saved up so you can actually like go do something like buy a house or go to grad school or whatever else you wanted to do or just have a nest egg. Um, I'm sure, I think that there's like a very big part of people, especially when they graduate from college, I was this person who was like, I need to be in an urban area with young people. But there is a also sense of like, when you're in a smaller town, you almost have a, it feels like I need to be in a Denver and Austin or Houston or New York so that I can like meet a ton of different people and experience a lot of culture and things like that. But I also would argue that the people that I know that were in small towns almost had like tighter knit group of friends mm-hmm. that they like oh, met yeah. afterwards after college because you're kind of all in it together. And the example I'm going to use here is a bunch of my friends, not a bunch, a few of my friends post-college moved to Midland, Texas because they were petroleum engineers. Mm-hmm. 
the group like Midland is not what you think of when you think of like a sprawling metropolis of young people, mm-hmm. probably in the same way that Sioux Falls exists. But they have a really good crew. They like all of them had great jobs. They all got to travel a lot because they had a bunch of dispensable income, basically disposable, whatever I meant to say, where they could like do shit and they weren't living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. I think I get both sides. I, and I usually am the one who's preaching the experience over the pragmatism, but I think that there is a case to be made for both. I think this guy wants to go to Denver and needs someone to tell him that. I think anybody who is older and looks back on their life would be like, I would have done the Sioux Falls thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe I did the Denver and that's why I would have done the Sioux Falls, you know? Totally. That's my I, argument. I did the Denver. Yeah. I and I, I liked it. I, I, I totally agree with the, my my caveat to my whole thing was gonna be you can totally go to Sioux Falls for two or three years and then then go wherever you want with a with a boatload of cash saved up. Right. Which I I I and experience love that option. I mean, yeah, and then and it's not like you're. The only thing that concerned me a little bit was the, like the work from home, in Sioux Falls. It could I, I just don't want them to get you know like lonely. Yeah, I think you're gonna meet people, but Denver's obviously easier to meet people. So I just I think it's gonna be. Do you want squishy, experiential, living a little tighter, or do you want cushier and? less of a of a of a bustling metropolis i yeah that's what it comes down to and i don't think i'll 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 leave it at this i don't think you can go wrong here yeah um but i think it just kind of finally comes down to exactly what you're looking for at this period of your life when you have very few responsibilities outside of work I, i assumingly I don't think mm-hmm. he lives with a, a girl or has kids or has, you know, aging, sick parents type of stuff. I think it's if, – if you are completely untethered, where do you want to spend a couple of years of your life? Right. Let us know. Hey, Brett and Sally. Uh, love the pod and the fab advice y'all give and hopefully you'll have some for me. I've been dating the same guy for five years, and as one can imagine, I am ready for the next step. Here's the problem. The talk of marriage only happens when he brings it up, and it doesn't come up often. If I bring it up or tell him about one of uh, our friends or my friends getting engaged, he'll find anything to change the subject. We've never lived together or can even have the conversation about it without it ending in an argument or, again, change of subject. The feelings of resent are starting to rear their ugly head, and I fear I'm at the point where I wouldn't have the bubbly feeling if he did propose because it's taken him so long to, quote, decide if I'm worth it. When I see so many of my girlfriends moving in with their sick other or getting engaged in like three or less years. Am I being irrational for feeling this way after five years with no relationship growth? Thanks again. Love y'all and love the pot. This is not irrational. I mean, this is a normal feeling. Mm-hmm. You're five years into a relationship, you want to know that it's going somewhere. Of course. Or have discussed openly about where it's going. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I don't know in the quote here, if he did propose because it's taken him so long to, quote, decide if I'm worth it. 
So he's just pro- like she thinks if if he proposes at this point, it's just for like the stop, like stop bothering me right. about asking you to propose. Um, if he said that, you need to leave. I doubt he has. I think that that was like her. That's her her mental right. But yes, yes, that's, yes, yes. That's not why somebody. I mean, I don't think that people stay in relationships and then decide. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I I think if you're five years into a relationship, you know that person's worth it. I would hope so. I. I this is again a, a conversation needs to be had, and I know that he's very. Uh, it's it's hard because I think that there is a whole stigma of like, if you if a woman approaches a man and says. We need to, you know, where are we going? What's our future? Are mm-hmm. we ever going to get married? If you don't propose, I'm going to leave. That makes you like a person who had an ultimatum. I don't think that that's like, I don't think you're wrong for saying that. I don't think you need to give an ultimatum, but you can say like, are we going anywhere? Are mm-hmm. we like, we've been in a relationship for five years. Is there something holding you up for the reason we aren't getting married? Like. I want to marry you. I love you. I want to spend my life with you. All of those things. What's your holdup? And if he can't give you a clear answer, then maybe that's not the person you're supposed to be with. I mean, like, I, I think there's a whole thing to be said of like, people don't need to get married Mm -hmm. that, but if that's something you want, again, this goes back to the whole divorce thing. Like, these are non-negotiables for you. If marriage is something that's really important to you and the other person's not on board, why are you staying in that relationship with them? In the same way of like, if you if you want kids and they don't, that relationship's probably gonna end because one of you is gonna have to make a decision that you don't like. Mm-hmm. So I think even if it's uncomfortable, it's worth a sit down of like, I need you to sit down and talk to me about this. And if we can't have a conversation about it, it's going to tell me everything that I need to know. Totally. I don't, I don't, I couldn't put it more perfectly. It's yeah. just like this, it's, it's time to have that conversation. Yeah. Five, it's, it's three years is one thing. Five years is another, like it's, it's time. And I'm having like visions of, remember that show, The Ultimatum? On Netflix yes. that was filmed in Austin. Yes. And these people are like giving ultimatums. They literally have been together for like six months. It's mm-hmm. like psychotic. If this is like a relationship situation where like four of the years were college and then one is post-college. That's different. That's different. Yeah. If you are like out in the outside world and you've been dating for five years outside of grad school, college, any other thing that's going to cause your relationship to almost stall for the time that you were in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. But five years and all, like, and then in this span, your friends have met people, fallen in love, gotten engaged, possibly married. That's really frustrating. And th- there is some, like, I think that you are valid in thinking that, you know? I totally get like the, the resentment. You start yeah. to resent your friends. You start to resent your your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, it's like what what are what are we doing here? When you watch somebody else like right. go through their entire process. But for be, me, ninety percent of resentment, maybe ninety five percent of resentment, is lack of communicating with the other person. Mm-hmm. You resent someone because you don't understand them, and if you can't talk to him about it, you don't understand where he's coming from. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got to sit him down. And then if he if he refuses, like whatever's causing him to get weird about it, not talk to you, et cetera, it's maybe time to move on. Yeah. Which really sucks to say. Don't come at it like an ultimatum. Don't come at it like, oh, see you see Sarah get engaged. Right. Oh, you see uh whoever and you just just be like, hey, we're we're like where are where are we? Right. That's and all there it. are legitimate reasons. Yeah. To not get married after five years. Like maybe he's if he wants to explain it like i'm really worried about this mm-hmm. this this i'm trying to do this right now and marriage is like on my back burner that's all okay yep those just are gotta, all valid reasons you just need to know what they are exactly just gotta know communicate is every answer to every mail-in question ever yeah communicate uh you know what my answer is though every day it was my answer this morning athletic greens and Drank it up this morning. Athletic Greens is something I use every day. And I started taking it because I wanted to improve my well-being, my health, improve my routine on a daily basis, getting nutrients and vitamins that I wouldn't normally get. So what is the stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, literally all the things. What is your favorite part, Sally, about AG1? I think the routine part of it. It's Mm -hmm. like the, I have it before I drink anything else in the morning, before I have coffee, makes me feel, it's like the same good feeling of like making your bed in the morning but i I don't do that because i get up before will so (laughs) this is like my i i checked a box of the day like i start my day off right nice i like i like that it's like it's like making your bed for your gut health right (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can athletic greens you guys can take you can use that yeah you can take in your promotional materials yeah i like the routine aspect of it too i i legitimately think it makes me feel better yeah i i really do i feel good about getting especially like i'm not the biggest veggies guy in the world it makes me feel good about getting greens immediately in my day yeah and i i i just kind of love it honestly ag1 is a small micro habit with big benefits it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself like we said um and some people's you know tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. They say that too many vitamins from too many pills just makes really expensive pee. Yep. Not with AG1. You want to be doing something that's actually going to benefit you. Exactly. Exactly. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com slash mail-in. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash mail-in to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Last one, Sally. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Two questions here. One. How long 
does a trip have to be for it to be acceptable to pack uh, to check a bag? Excuse me. And two, can Sally still defend Southwest Airlines <laughs> coming at you? I'm not going to defend Southwest Airlines. <laughs> uh, I am going to still fly Southwest Airlines. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I was not affected by that at all. Ooh, okay. Because we were flying Delta, who I also the, the best airline in the world. Am a Delta loyalist. I, it makes more sense for me to f- fly Southwest for the destinations that we go to, being based in Austin. Mm-hmm. So that's why we use Southwest. Sure. I also very much enjoy that they let you check two free bags. Also great. Uh, and I will say this. Uh, f- several family members that I have were affected by the stuff that was happening. Southwest has basically like made amends for like refunded and given credits they, and all that. so for me i'm like i didn't have to like call them the times that they've screwed up with me i got vouchers before i even had to like get on the phone with somebody yes. so that's why i'll keep flying southwest but i'm not gonna like say what they did was right or like think that their business model or like really their whole multi-hub situation is smart but it is what their company does I think you gotta uh you gotta get the the nineteen nineties software fixed. Yeah. Pretty immediately. Which yeah. I th- I'm I'm sure they will. And I just it sucks that companies of that size, and this happens all the time, and it happens a lot with airlines, is that they make a fuck ton of money and they put that money into stock buybacks to right. increase their stock price. I think there should be a cap. This is my political Soapbox here. I think there should be a cap on the amount of stock that a company can buy back in a year or or a percentage or whatever you want to call it or percentage of their profits that can be bought or put back into their stock price to basically artificially inflate it um, for their shareholders. It's, it just doesn't make sense that you are waiting for a disaster to and, – and like complained about by pilots and employees alike right. for years Yeah, and putting money into uh, stock price versus – Fixing something, and then there's a meltdown on the busiest travel week of the year, right? And and burning years and years and years of goodwill with passengers. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's, it pisses off your employees. It pisses off your customers. It pisses off your pilots. You know, and and your executives. Like what? Like why? Why even wait to upgrade a software that's going to be a, probably a billion dollar thing? Yeah. And, and why 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 i don't know i'm don't, not gonna i'm not gonna defend them at all but i <laughs> i am gonna say that i'd still choose them every time over american I've, i have had nothing nothing but bad experiences and i'm not i hate to be airport complain guy their their boarding sucks i've never gotten my bag in less than 40 minutes after them it just it, it, it's it's really frustrating of who American. Oh, yeah. Uh, at this point, and this kind of goes to the bag situation, the checking, I pick flights, airlines, et cetera, pretty much exclusively now based on if they have a nonstop. So sure. yeah. that's really important to me with the child now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we we fly Delta because we have to go to Michigan. I would fly Delta more often if I like lived in Atlanta or New York or something like that. It's just mm-hmm. that Delta doesn't have like a ton of nonstop destinations from austin you know they don't fly to denver nonstop yeah isn't that so that's just a lot so of the west coast stuff got messed up during covid i think 
Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people stopped, well, for a little bit, stopped flying directly to L.A., which was very weird from mm. Austin. Interesting. seems insane to me. Anyway, for me, the answer here is, again, I think people are very polarizing about this. Mm. I always didn't care about checking a bag. I never really had issues losing my bag. Uh, like I said, I flew Southwest a lot, so it was free. If you're on a nonstop, I'm kind of like, depending on how long it is, I'm like, screw it. Definitely check the bag. Have free hands. Now we have no option to have to check bags because of friends. Like totally, we don't, we yeah. have too much crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did not check bags in uh, Europe. Correct. You famously both did the car- Italy carry on, which I actually really enjoyed, and I liked having like the knowledge of me having my bag with me. And I think when I'm traveling traveling alone and can make it work, not checking a bag is great. Mm-hmm. When you have a kid or a dog or whatever with you, you, you lose that ability because you're juggling other shit. Mm-hmm. Totally. For me, anything over – if you're checking a bag for a weekend, that's pretty egregious unless there is something in your bag that you have to check for that reason. Ski boots. Right. Helmet. Uh, you know, something crazy. Golf right. clubs. You, yeah, got Right. Check you have to check anyway. For me, like when we went to Mexico and Will checked his golf clubs, we were only going to be there for three days. I'm like, well, we're already going to check all the other shit. So then just put it. Yeah. If you're checking one, free. might as well get your hands free. Yeah. But this is coming from someone, knock on one, who like literally has only had her bag lost once. Mm, I'm still at zero. On knock United. On knock on wood. Actually. I, uh, I think it's four, three or four day weekend. I'm still, I'm still doing carry on. Five is probably the day that it probably requires a check bag. Yeah. Ish. It but, depends on the weather. But that it totally to, depends but, on what you're doing. Like yeah. if you are going to a wedding and you've got to like bring a bunch of spray tan in your bag and you mm. can't check it, you have to check it, then you have to check it. It's true. Yeah. You got to think about the aerosols. Yeah. You got to, if you need the products, mm-hmm. that's a big determining factor for me at this point. Like, oh, because especially if we get to the airport late and I'm like, I could possibly check this bat or I could possibly carry it on. And then I'm like, shit, I have all of this expensive skincare with me. Mm-hmm. And, that has happened to me in Mexico, like going to Mexico before. We almost missed a flight. Yeah. But we had Fritz and I had to bring formula. I had to bring all this crap that I mm-hmm. couldn't fit into a carry-on. So I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer here. I'm going to definitely judge you if we're all on a girl's trip and you're the only person who checked a bag and the rest of us. You have to wait. Like we went to Mexico mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and I was literally only there for two nights, but I did check a bag because we brought our own wine. Oh, okay. And then I carried on on the way home. Gotcha. But like, if you're holding up everyone for a, a weekend, a what, a wedding weekend, and we all flew into Memphis together, and you're the only person jabroni waiting for your bag, <laughs> everyone's gonna judge you. You're the only jabroni. So you gotta send a text beforehand and be like, "We check in or we we carrying on," so that you're not <laughs> the only loser. Who was like making everyone wait? Yeah, you know what I think is so funny. I I don't know this why this popped into my head. I think check your bag if you if you have stuff. Don't check your bag. Whatever. The people that check their bags and don't have another bag like a laptop bag or something. The people that are just free balling in the airport, like with their phone and wallet. That's so odd to me. For some like I just I'm like what's I am not kidding you <laughs> just, when I say that that's exactly what I did. Really? When we went to. When we went to Burbank, we flew direct. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, we didn't check. It was a different flight. Burbank, we checked, or we we carried on. Okay. There was one flight where I 
was going when we went to um I forgot where we were. Maybe it was to Mexico because I think Will had to check his golf clubs. Okay. So I was like, screw it, I'm checking. And it was just us two. And I literally only carried my purse. And I was like, what is wrong? You feel I would feel so Some, naked. It felt very weird. I was yeah. like, I don't even know if I have stuff on me right now. Like what? Like, I guess I have my ID and I have my Kindle in my purse, but I was like, this is too, too little things. Too few. It's it's just feel I'm like, where's your stuff? Where's your backpack? No laptop? Just just no. Have you not ever flown in somewhere and flown out the same day? Uh yes, I have. Yeah. Indianapolis, weirdly, but yeah. I did that to LA and Denver actually. one day. And so you're literally like bring mm-hmm. nothing because you're just doing whatever you're doing for the day and then flying home later. And you're like, this is so weird. So weird. Yeah, it's like a, a weird commute thing. Yeah. yeah I, I had an interview in Denver for the for the Broncos thing. I flew out in a suit at 4 a.m. Uh-huh. with just, I, I guess, a backpack on. Flew home in a suit at 6 p.m. Yeah. Got the job, though. It's weird. Anyway. One uh, one shower thought I have, Sally, before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. I have multiple, but we've been here for, for over an hour. So I'll, I have I'll a good shower thought. Do on you? Have you? Well, we can discuss yours. Okay. I'll do mine quick. And then we'll add mine to the rundown for next week. I learned something about fireplaces this week, which is probably well-known among fire enthusiasts. But we had a, a very nice uh, Airbnb for the ski trip I was on. Uh-huh. Had a wood fireplace. Super nice, huge... Decided I'm a I'm a big fire guy. Lit the fire, it's going great. They had a gas starter. Have you seen those now? Where it's uh-huh. like wood, but you still have the gas thing. Anyway. All of a sudden, you know, an hour or two into the fire, we're kind of stoking it. It's not it's not raging anymore. Smoke starts coming in. Uh-huh. And not like not heavy, not like the flu is closed. Obviously it wasn't. And there's smoke pouring in, but just enough that like it's getting smoky and everybody's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm like, what is going on here? Come to find out that if you let a fire burn down a little bit and it's kind of getting, and it's very cold outside, it's like really, really cold. Yeah. There, the updraft that's created by the fire gets weak enough that it can't overpower the cold air sinking down through the chimney, especially in a big, tall chimney like the one we had. So, the updraft is canceled out by the downdraft of cold air, and that literally you can't get smoke up the chimney, and it blows out into the living room. Physics. Crazy. Yeah. Newton's whatever law. Anyway, that's my shower thought. Literally, literally shower thought this morning. I was like, oh my god. How about you? You want to save yours? I'm going to save mine. Mine's, okay. mine's more involved. Okay. Okay. Deal. We'll save yours for next week. My other one uh, today found out my car. Because used car prices are dropping again. Uh-huh. My car is no longer worth more than what I bought it for. So, oh, bummer. Bummer. Too bummer. bad. Too bad. That'll do it for us, Sally. Uh, anything else before we jump? That's it. Please subscribe, rate five stars, review, tell a friend about the podcast. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link to the Twitter bio at Podcast. Sally, where can the folks find you? Sally DeFries on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both of those platforms. That's Randy Trimbacki on the ones and twos. Thank you, Randy. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.